This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Welcome to the After Two Beers podcast. I'm Dutch Dalton, joined as always by Kevin Kabler. That's me. And we are recording in the A to B studios at the Innovation Center in downtown Richmond, Indiana. Make sure you visit aftertwobeers.com. You can purchase some of our kick-ass shirts. You can find links to our social media pages. You can also support us on Patreon. So Patreon, there's a logo on our page. It basically gives you the opportunity to be a sponsor of the show, which keeps us going for years and years and years. And years and years and years. And years and years. And we hope so. Yes. And when you're listening to the show, Gibbler, what should they do? Regardless what platform you're listening to, make sure that you go and you subscribe. You hit the little subscribe button. Make sure you rate us. Of course, you know, the highest, best rating <laughs> of possible. But then make sure that you share it with your friends. Regardless. Yes. yes. We also want to make sure we thank our sponsor, the Sheridan Pub, home of the world-famous Kraut Balls. And we will be doing a pub crawl on Friday the 13th, so just uh, a week away. Yeah. And that will be one of the locations that we stop at. For details on our pub crawl, you can go to our Facebook page on After Two Beers, and you can see what locations we'll be at and at what times. So we definitely want to make sure that you guys do that. Now, tonight, we're we're continuing our our guest co-host theme that we've done now for almost three months, and I'm loving it. I think people are liking it a lot, too. I think it's cool. It's different. Yeah? Yeah. And so tonight we welcome a a really good buddy of mine, somebody uh, I spent a lot of time with over the last few years, good guy, and that is Mr. Derek Washington. Hey, guys. Now, Derek, what I loved about Derek is Derek is African-American, and I'm as white as they come, (laughs) all right? And so is Gibbler, even though that we have both found in our my heritage (laughs) that we are, we do have some... Some percentages. Some percentages. Some yes. <laughs> yeah. Low percentages. Yes, very low. Nothing that you or I can make jokes about because we'd still get beat up for that. Right. <laughs> but uh, I loved working with Derek because Derek and I could bounce things off each other. Like it was more or less like having somebody with me. I'd be like, is this racist? And that's like, right. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, and that's what the world needs is just more communication. Yes. It's not that people want to be shitty with each other. No. But part of it is you just got to be able to communicate and understand if I'm using a word in the wrong way. And I love my Derek hey, for that. I'll, I'll tell you. I yes, know, sir. but I have, I've had to set Derek straight a time or two. It though. goes both ways. Yeah, it does. It does go both yeah. ways. It does. So anyway, Gibbler, you are in the office today recording with us. You have been back in the, in the state of Indiana now for about 14 hours. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So no, you are in Boston I was in Boston. Boston. I love Boston. I was in Cleveland, and then I went to Boston. Yeah, that was an upgrade. <laughs> I don't know. Upgrade. Boston driving is crazy. Like, there's no real good way to get anywhere. Oh, I'm sure. You're going through every single hood that you can think of. You've, like, Boston. it's just crazy. Boston. Actually, you know what? I was, I was being silly about Cleveland. Cleveland is really nice, too. They've cleaned up the area along the river. They used to have this thing called the Flats. And now you can go down there, and there's all kinds of bars and stuff. Okay. Yeah. But there's just so much history in Boston. Yeah. And it makes it really – I'm a history nut anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why we have the A to B And history. I just love listening to them talk. Oh, really? I freaking love it. So yes. what is your favorite movie, TV show, anything that has to do with the city of Boston? Ooh, that's a tough one. So, like, Goodwill Hunting, obviously. Goodwill Hunting, Cheers. Town with Ben Cheers. Affleck. Yeah. The Departed. 
which yep, I love. Departed was a great movie. Yes. Well, yeah, almost any of them with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are Boston-related. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, true. It's true. And uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. That was one of the things I really wish that I was there longer because I really kind of wanted to go to the Wahlberger. Oh, really? Oh, yes. You know what you, I... You know one's coming to Indy, right? Yeah. yeah I, Carmore I did see... Fisher is one of those two. Yeah. The, the other thing that's really cool about Bob, I love raw oysters. Yeah, you're and down on that one. when you go into some of these oyster places... Anywhere else in the U.S., when you order raw oysters, you get what they have. Yeah. This place, you get to pick from the different types of oysters from the different parts of the bay. They have different salt content. It's badass. (laughs) Boston's a cool city. A different type of hawker that you're eating (laughs) out of a shell. Yeah. I can tell he's excited, though. (laughs) You know what? And again, I I love Cleveland, too. There's some phenomenal restaurants. Cleveland is growing there. Oh, the area that I stayed in was really cool. Um, I mean, like, there were so many different things just within walking distance. And it wasn't like you were downtown or anything else. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, of course, I had to walk next door and go sit at the yard house because you can't have a yard house right next door without visiting. Right. Yeah. You've been to a yard house, right? I have. Oh yeah. I try to avoid chain places when I go. Yeah. And and it's funny, like you brought up the Wahlburgers, Derek. You know they're becoming that. Oh, oh, for sure. You know, but uh, no, there's a lot of really cool places. But I, Boston is, Boston is a neat place. It's a very I liked cool it. place. Yes. All right, Gibbler. It's time to jump into one of my favorite parts of the week. It is the A to B history segment. I love it. Yes, and the A to B history segment this week is brought to us by the Cordial Cork. It's yes. a cool wine place on Northeast Street here in Richmond, Indiana. Last time we were in there, they they did a really cool event for us where we did a wine tasting, a food oh, yeah. sampling. It was really cool. Yeah. And I found out what wine is best for Taco Bell at 2 in the morning. Yeah, what's mm, that? Nice. Boone's Farm? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool place. They have really good food. They do brunches on Sunday. Um, so I, I highly recommend that you get down and check out the Cordial Cork. Now, Welcome to our A to B history segment here, Derek. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And so today's story, we're going to talk about a guy named Bob. Bob. Or Robert. Robert. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's old Bob. Bob here is like typical assholes. He's concerned about one thing and one thing only, and that's materialistic things. Got a lot of those out there. Oh, There's yeah. a lot, a lot of, of them. Over I've there. met a few. Yeah. Yes. So Bob, he, he wasn't raised that way, though. Bob's father. And his mother both were actually immigrants that came to the U.S., settled in Chicago, and Bob's father opened his own business. He opened a sheet metal business. Holy sheet. Holy sheet. It was a sheet metal business. So (laughs) Bob's father, he built this business up, and like many fathers do, he welcomes Bob into the family business. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Your son to take over. Right. You know, instill some value in him, help him build what, you know, continue to build what you started. It's a good deal. Right. Well, this isn't good enough for old Bob. No. Bob He's decide, an asshole. Remember Bob's that. an asshole. Bob yeah. decides that he needs his own business. Nothing wrong with that, really. No. So Bob goes out and he starts his own business. Here's the problem. The problem is he started a sheet metal business as well. Of course he did. And his biggest competitor now was his father. Are you serious? Yeah, so Bob's goal basically was to put his father out of business. So were they in the same town? or did... Yes, they're, okay. both, they're both in Chicago competing against each other. And, and to give you an idea of how well Bob was thought of within the community. Not. Right. Even his <laughs> own mother said, he's a devil on earth. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. 
That comes from mom. I, Moms mom? don't talk like that. No, moms tuck They're you like, in. They're like, oh, bless your heart. He was just having a bad day. Right. <laughs> they excuse everything. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, so yeah. So that, that's what people think of old Bob here. Now, Bob's employees didn't even like working for him. He was he was an alcoholic. So how was he so profitable? Uh, well, apparently, I, it's weird. It, it's yeah. like it's like just like we watched the Joker on on Batman. How the yeah. hell did he get all his money? Right. You know, he pulled that stuff together pretty fast. He was an asshole. I don't get it. I'm I with you. I think he robbed people though, didn't he? Well, maybe that. Well, that's yeah. kind of what Bob was doing, <laughs> well, I guess. Technically, really, <laughs> he was robbing his dad's business. So, but Bob, like a lot of people that are a holes, he decides that that just isn't good enough. Right now, I've only screwed over my family. I've got to figure out a way to screw over an entire city. Sweet. Right? So, at that time... I mean, time, setting his goals high. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> and the way he does it is he decides that he wants to go into an entirely different business venture, and he wants to become an NFL owner. Oh. Okay. Oh, this got, just got interesting. Yes. yes, it did. And the reason this got interesting is because our guest tonight, Derek, is a huge Colts fan. Absolutely. Huge Colts fan. And... Old Bob here, his real name is Robert Ursay. Wow. And this is the story of how the Colts moved overnight from Baltimore, Maryland, and ended up in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's how the Colts stole Christmas. Right. It, yeah, it was right, it was right <laughs> after Christmas. So long story short, basically here's what happens. Robert Ursay owns the Colts for about 10 years in Baltimore, and they were horrible teams. Yep. And he joked about how bad they were. And he even, at that time, wanted to sit down the most important player in Colts history, Johnny Unitas. He wanted him benched. Now, this is at the tail end of, of Unitas' career, right. but this is unheard of. Yeah. So why did he want him benched? Because he, just a... he, I think in his mind, it will make the team a better team. But in reality, I mean, this guy was a three-time world champion. Yep. Stud. He, yeah. Two-time you know, NFL champion and one-time Super Bowl champion. They they have a Lombardi Trophy because of this uh, guy of Johnny Unitas, you know the guy's the guy's phenomenal, yep. and Ursay is just a turd. But one of the things that and I will say this about Ursay is the stadium they were playing in was not originally built for football. It was built for the Orioles. Right. And the Orioles still played there. Yep. They had too few bathrooms in this location. They had ten thousand seats during football season that were obstructed views or not very good view seats. So they, he wanted a new stadium. And but he didn't want to pay for it. He oh, no. owned the Colts, but he wanted the city to pay for it. Right. And the city was basically like, we don't like you. <laughs> you pay for it yourself. <laughs> right. And he's like, no, I'll just move it. I'm going to move the team to another city. And some of the cities he looked at was he looked at Los Angeles. He looked at Phoenix, Arizona. He looked at Birmingham, Alabama, and also a little town in Indiana called Indianapolis. Yep. And the so Indiana little ditty, little ditty. <laughs> right? Kinda, yeah. <laughs> and the funny part is, they had just built a brand new dome, the Hoosier Dome, yep. that didn't have anything going on in it, and it was a perfect setting for a brand new football team. So Ursay reaches out to these different communities to peg their interest. The city finds out about it. The city's freaking out, and they said, "All right, here's the deal: we're going to give you twenty-three million dollars to you and the Orioles, and we're going to pay for it to fix the stadium up." But we gotta. We need a deal from you. We just want you to sign a, a lease that says you'll use this stadium. Let's and I don't know the contract length. Let's say it was twenty years. Yikes! So we're gonna spend twenty six million dollars. You can stay here, still sell out all your games. And I mean, they had they had a marching band and everything. 
And yeah, who has a marching band? Well, right now I think the Redskins are the only yeah. ones, right? Really? Yeah. And so the city loves the Colts. And Ursay says, nah, I ain't signing that. I don't want to lock down. I, it's my business, and I want to be able to move it wherever I want to, whenever I want to. And so the city got scared, and the state got scared. So they started coming up with this idea called eminent domain. Yes. And, and eminent domain basically means the government can come in at any time and take what's take yours. Take your shit. Yep. Yes. They debo it. It is kind they of it, it is kind property. of messed up. <laughs> right. That's my land. So they're they're claiming they're gonna do eminent domain and they're gonna pay Bob. Part of the fact when they take your land or whatever, they have to give you compensation. Fair yeah, yeah, but fair value to who? Exactly. Right. Exactly. The low fair value. Right. But anyway, so the, they passed this law or they passed this bill. So this is on March 27th, 1984. The Maryland legislature passed a bill that would allow them to seize the team so they could go in and take it. And, and Robert finds out about it. So the city of Phoenix heard the story, and they said, we don't want a part of this. This is bad drama. This There's is too much drama. Right. This is bad juju. We don't want anything to do with this. But us Hoosiers, we don't think that way. No, we, we eh, love screw drama. it. Bring <laughs> right? it on. So... What happened is on March 28th, Ursay called William Hudnut. That name, Hudnut. Yeah, Hudnut. What a great name. Hudnut. <laughs> Can you imagine Hudnut signs in your front yard? <laughs> he run for Hudnut. Yeah. Council or something. Yeah. Well, he ran for mayor. You know, vote for Hudnut. <laughs> anyway, so William Hudnut, he's the mayor of Indianapolis. He gets a phone call from all Robert Ursay, and Ursay says, I'm ready to move. Let's get this going. I think they're going to come in and, and seize the team. And Hudnut's like, well, I need you here. Oh yeah, we just built this Hoosier Dome, and you ain't got nothing to do right. with it. And I, with a name like Hudnut, I can't have too many failures on my record. <laughs> <laughs> so that night, they're like, all right, we got to get him out of here. Now Hudnut actually had a neighbor who turned out to also be the CEO of Mayflower, wow, the trucking company. Right. Right. So he calls the the CEO up and he says, we'll send you fifteen trucks to Baltimore right now. And so 15 trucks are heading now towards the Colts complex in Baltimore, Maryland. And they used the University of Maryland. There was a fraternity, I think it was the Sigma Chi's, that they had used to help them move other stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just pictured Revenge of the Nerds moving up. <laughs> <laughs> the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. <laughs> that is kind of funny. <laughs> so... This, this fraternity, they get picked up in a bus. They have no idea what they're going to go do. They just know they're going to earn some extra money. Yeah. And when they show up, they realize they're at the Colts complex and that they're moving the Colts that night. Whew. And this is like at 10 o'clock at night. Secret covert yes. mission. Moved so, in the middle of the night. Middle of the night. It, it's kind of like a bad breakup. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Right? Like Nobody you... was putting stuff in trash bags, okay? <laughs> no, they were. That's the Yeah, they, they basically... Like, they put Hefty out of business. Oh, my gosh. So they go in there in the middle of the night, and they said these fraternity guys are running around, and they're, like, doing supermarket sweep, like, throwing <laughs> jerseys on. And one of the oh. players actually came in during the process. Really? Yeah, and somebody had jacked his uh, – he had got a new Walkman, and this was a big deal back then. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. somebody had stole his Walkman, so they had to, like, get that back from people. I'd be pissed, too. <laughs> There's a story of a kid that's watching. So all there of... really was some deboing going on. There really was. Yeah. They were taking stuff. So they get all this stuff loaded up, and they're moving it to Indiana. 
But their concern was is that if we have this caravan of 15 trucks coming back, we're going to get stopped. And the fact that the legislature has already passed this, we're going to get shut down. They're, gonna, they're basically going to seize the team that moment. So they had come up with a plan that every one of the trucks had a different route to like get back to the Italian in. job of moving yes! football teams. <laughs> <laughs> this was like gone in 60 minutes. Right. You could say whatever you want about Robert Ursay and William Hudnut, but they pulled this shit off in one day. A great NFL heist you in know, one night. There's days where I get up and I'm like, man, all I got done today was I dusted the living room. Right. <laughs> These guys stole a football team in a matter of hours. <laughs> I mean, how hard that's they even a, had accomplices and they yes, were stealing shit, too. Yes. So these these 15 trucks are heading back towards Indiana. Once they hit the Indiana state line, a state trooper then escorts that truck from the state line all the way back to the city of Indianapolis. Wow. We were protecting our drama. That's right. Yeah. We like our stuff. Yeah. Even if we're stealing it, we're going to keep a good eye on it. <laughs> and so the next day, William Hudnut, he calls a press conference. And he basically says the Colts now are the Indianapolis Colts. And well, that's uh, how uh, uh. the mayor of Baltimore found out. That's how a lot of the players found out. That's how the front office and all those people that just lost their wow. job in the wow. middle of the night found out. And it was so bad to give you an idea of how bad Ursay was. This was in 84. In 83, they drafted a guy named John Elway. And Elway's like, I'm not going to play for the Colts. Yeah, he, he ended up saying he's going to play for yeah. the Yankees. Yeah, he says, I just won't play football then. Wow. And so the Colts end up having to trade him, and that's how he ended up in Bronco, or as a Bronco. And it was basically because he, nobody wanted to play for Robert Ursay. I don't blame him. And so that's how the Indianapolis Colts ultimately ended up in Indiana. So what year did uh, it get passed on to Jim? I think it was in the mid-'90s. Okay. And Jim took it over. His father was in bad health. And uh, his and Robert is no longer with us. And, and regardless of your opinion of the man, it's you know, we never want that right, to happen. Absolutely. But, um, you know, from everything I read, it's a very different opinion of Jim Ursay. Right. And you've heard stories with him and Pat McAfee and things. Oh, yeah. But you also hear <laughs> that he gives a lot of money back in in charity and things. But when he got Lucas Oil built, I believe it was pretty similar where he basically held the city hostage and said, I want a new stadium where I'm moving the Colts to L.A. Yeah, maybe. And huh. I think it worked out, though. Well, yeah, we're paying taxes on it. Yeah, we are. Every time you go down <laughs> to the downtown, I think you're paying taxes to help build that stadium. But it's a beautiful stadium. It is. It's one of the most beautiful stadiums in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's been voted number one last few years. Yeah, it's beautiful. The doors, if you haven't had a chance to come to Indianapolis. We always talk about Richmond, Indiana on here, but I have to say, as, as much as we were talking about how much we love Boston and Cleveland earlier, downtown Indianapolis is a really, really nice cool. city. Yep. It is. And they, even when they did that Super when they hosted the Super Bowl, there were a lot of people that really raved about Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and since it, actually Indy got lucky. Yeah. Because they had just come off the year in Dallas when the weather hit and everything went horrible. And they came to Indianapolis. Indianapolis put in like new pedestrian areas and they have new heaters that are on the streets. And it's a really cool city. If you get a chance, I don't work for the city of Indianapolis, but (laughs) I highly recommend that you give it a shot. Because the cool part is everything's right downtown. Yeah, especially for a sporting event. Yeah, it's it's, city. Yeah, and a lot of conventions come to Indiana now. So it's it's a very cool city. But anyway, that is the story of literally how the Colts got taken overnight it's also the story of why i'm a bears fan is it how so it is no i mean my dad was very old school so you know 
He said, we don't just start rooting for a team that got up in the middle of the night and moved. It's so yeah. yeah. It's, so we've I I was just born a Bears fan. That's I love it. it. Well, you know, I'm a Reds fan, and part of it is too the same thing is it's a small market that a professional baseball team would never get picked today. Yeah. If you were right. building MLB now, you would never pick Cincinnati. Nope. Yeah. And it's a small market. Indianapolis is a small market. Now, the one thing I will say about Colts fans that I've noticed, I think a majority of people in this state that call themselves Colts fans weren't really Colts fans. I think they were Peyton Manning fans. Oh, because I'm sure of it. The moment oh. he went to Denver. There was, there was a lot of Bronco fans. <laughs> there was a lot of Bronco fans. I stayed loyal to my Colts, so that's all that matters. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting team from the aspect that here we are in this Midwest city. It's a smaller city compared to LA and New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. Houston. But there's been a lot of drama with this team. But <laughs> a lot of good things too. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Peyton Manning did a lot for this community. He built a or he helped fund a, a children's, children's hospital, hospital. Yep. and Great and, hospital for kids. Yeah, so it's a it's a cool story anyway about old Robert Ursay, God rest his soul. But um, that's how you became a Colts fan. Is you're basically your team's hot. If if they were at a pawn <laughs> shop right now, they could be confiscated oh, by the police. Right. Yeah. It's because he got tired of doing the same old cheat. Right. <laughs> oh! Another pun. He wanted some new sheets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that wraps up our after two beers history segment for this week, and now we're going to move on to some news. We've got some stories that we thought it'd be kind of funny to go over. I'm ducking and everything. In the house, I'm, I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> well, I just had got done feeding my chickens, watering them and stuff, and I walked back to my house there to get my phone so I could play a video game on it, told them they need to get out of that water. But say I didn't know he was getting eat up a bees. I thought he was just high. All right, welcome back to the After Two Beers podcast. It's time for our news segment. <laughs> our news segment is brought to us this week by Screddy Pyrotechnics Shows and Displays. Uh, the best way to get a hold of Screddy Pyrotechnics, if you go to their Facebook page, it's S-C-A-R-R-E-T-T-E, uh, Screddy Pyrotechnics Shows and Displays. The cool part about what they can do is not only do they do big events, so if you, your city even, uh, here locally, they've done Richmond's fireworks. There's a little town north of us called Fountain City. They've also done fireworks in Muncie, Indiana. But they can even customize it down to just a small show. So oh, if you, gender reveals. Let's g- blow some shit up. Yeah, gender yeah. reveals, weddings, graduations, anything that you want to celebrate. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe. You know? Nothing says blown up, <laughs> <laughs> like a blown up marriage, like some blown up fireworks. <laughs> So uh, make sure you reach out to those guys, uh, really good guys. Again, Screddy Pyrotechnics, Shows and Displays, S-C-A-R-R-E-T-T-E. All right, now it's time for our first story. I'm ready. Are you I'm excited? ready. Hell yeah. All right. Let's go. So here's our first story, and this one comes to us actually from Spain. Have you ever worked with somebody that you've thought, <laughs> these people, I don't think they really that work that much. Uh, you know, they're here, but they're not here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, this guy... Not only did he he not work hard, he didn't even show up. Oh, I think I've heard this. Okay. So this is about Joaquin Garcia. He's a 69-year-old Spanish civil servant. Only when he was due to collect an award for two decades of loyal and dedicated service did anyone realize that he had not, in fact, shown up for at least the last six years. Wow. Are you serious? Yes, and possibly as many as 14. 
So he was employed. He just never went to <laughs> How work. How unpopular do you have to have be? Have you seen my stapler? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded they me put of, his right? ass right? in the basement. Yes. Yeah, the difference was. Like a swing line stapler and everything. <laughs> that guy got fired, but he still was getting paid. Right. This guy wasn't fired. He just went home and never came back, and they kept paying him. Now, I mean, I don't blame him, though. Your HR sucks. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I recently got let go of a company, <laughs> and they gave me a severance package, and part of me hoped at the very end they forgot it. Right, just kept nah, it going. They shut that off fast. Real quick. So anyway, 69-year-old Garcia, he began working for the local authority in the southwestern city of Cadiz in 1990, and in 1996 was posted to Municipal Water Board where his job was to supervise a wastewater treatment plant. Oh. So he's got to make sure that there's clean water going through the city. <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture this. I don't know how that got slipped up, messed up. Oh, my gosh. Can you, Anyway, <laughs> in 2010, when Garcia, who was now retired, was due to collect his long service medal, the man who had hired him, Deputy Mayor Jorge Blas Fernandez, wondered where he was. He was still on the payroll, he told the paper. I thought, where is this man? Is he still here? Has he retired? Has he died? The guy's still alive. Oh. <laughs> I love it. After the, the former manager of the water board, who had the office opposite of Garcia's, told Fernandez he had not seen the employee for several years. The wow. deputy mayor called the engineer and asked him, what are you doing? What did you do yesterday? Are you in the previous month? And he couldn't answer because he hadn't been there. He hadn't been there. No. He told the court he had turned up to the office, although he admitted he may have not kept regular business hours. He said he was the victim of a workplace bullying because of his family's socialist politics and had been deliberately sidelined at the water board. He's, his friends told El Mundo that the engineer had been unwilling to report his allegations of harassment because he had a family to support and was worried the, that he would not find another job at his age. He had been so depressed by the situation that he had seen a psychiatrist. The tribunal concluded that the water board had believed Garcia was the responsibility of the city council for most of the period of his employment, while the city council thought he was working for the water board. Wow. So does he have to pay this money back? Right. Well, that's, you know what, I'm reading it now. It says, the engineer made the most of the confusion, becoming an avid reader of philosophy. <laughs> I have no idea if he has to give it back. That's crazy. But this, it is like crazy. How, I mean, how do you... Not get noticed that you're not there for six years. Well, basically what it was is... Six days, maybe. <laughs> well, it, it comes down to... It actually happened to me at the company I worked with. So when I, my 15-year reunion came around, we would get prizes or whatever right. for being there. And my 15 came around, and you normally get something in the mail. I didn't get anything. <laughs> and I'm like... All right, well, this isn't good. This is a little strange. Right. So I called the HR department, and I said, hey, shouldn't I have gotten something? Because the person I hired in with, we had Eric Fancher on the show. His yeah. wife and I hired in at the exact same day. Mm -hmm. And she came up to me, and she goes, well, what did you get for your 15 year? What would you pick? And I said, oh, I, I haven't gotten anything yet oh, in the no. mail. <laughs> She's like, really? I've already picked mine. I already got my stuff. She picked luggage. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. Uh -oh. So I called HR, and HR goes, we thought you were at corporate, and corporate thought you were here at division. Oh, and wow. they lost me. They lost you. They lost me. And so now I can see how it happens that this guy basically got lost. He got lost in the system, but he was smart enough but to- how like, lucky to retire and still get paid for years. Yes. Living life. 
Because then he was off just doing his own thing while reading. getting paid. He was reading <laughs> and become a philosopher. Right, yeah. But you know what? He said he was a socialist, and, and I'm not trying to get political, but that sounds pretty socialist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He got a job for free. He got a job for free. I don't know if I'm I'm hating on him or proud of him he or mad at him. He was supervising at home, just using his tap water, going, nope, that seems pretty clear. <laughs> well, and that's a scary. That's actually pretty funny, Gilbert. <laughs> but that's scary to think that someone that's in control of people's drinking water right. is not even chilling there. He's like, ah, I'm at the hizzy. I drink bottled water. I don't care. <laughs> Just don't drink the water when you're taking a bath. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. So here's our second story for the week. Do you drink your water when you're taking no, a bath? No. I'm just, just being silly. Yeah, it's, it's That's you know, disgusting. Hey, I'm trying to get... <laughs> I am trying to give back to this environment. <laughs> Not only do I drink the water, I wash my dishes while I'm sitting in there. <laughs> Just being efficient. Right. Why waste all that good water? Anyway, here's our second story. I The more I read and try to find stories for this show, the more I re- realize that there is a lot of bullshit world records. Oh, absolutely. We, I mean, oh, absolutely. We, can, we have to be able to come up with one. And get ourselves in Guinness because this is, this is, and this was comes from MIT. So you were just in Boston. This yes. is the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. This is one of the most renowned schools in the world. Absolutely. Okay. A pair of MIT students put their softball skills to the test when they broke a Guinness world record for throwing a hot dog and catching it in a bun. How, How many? Oh, gosh. How just long? Just one. So, Not the hot dog. Like, Time okay. period. Yes. Well, so Phoebe <laughs> Lee, a junior at MIT, lobbed the cooked hot dog 120 feet where it was caught in a bun by a graduate student, Amber Van Hemel. We're talking about like bread bun. Yes. Okay. Just check it. Yeah. That, that would be impressive. <laughs> it's like throwing a hot dog down the hallway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know yeah. if this was like at a uh, gentleman's <laughs> right. entertainment studio <laughs> in the evening or what. Uh, they cut it off and threw it 120 feet. <laughs> the students said they held multiple practice sessions and took measures to make sure they would qualify for the Guinness record, including making sure the tossed sausage measured between 5.5 and 7 inches. Oh, so it's average. Uh, average, I think. We actually talked about this on the show before. Average is 5.2, so this is a little above average. Uh, Okay. Okay. So the pair said the documentation from their record attempt is now being submitted to Guinness for original, or excuse me, for official recognition. But yeah, they. So uh, was it a toss or was it like a pitch? I think it was a throw. I think 17 feet. uh, It was 120 feet. 120 feet. So they probably just under. It was like a. Pitch, so like I'm just like well, pitch. like slow pitch softball. Like no. I'm just wondering if they did like a fast pitch softball. No, because that would be impressive. Right. Well, if they did it too fast, though, this girl would have mushroom bruises all over her face. <laughs> <laughs> Unless she wore a mask. Oh. <laughs> you gotta you caught it with her teeth a couple times. Right. If it's five and a half to seven inches, I don't think you want to throw it in there too fast. <laughs> I think it's it's more of a soft toss. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's like Derek said, though. I guess it just depends on the size of the bun you're throwing it in. Right. <laughs> you're like, this bun's already got condiments already. Oh, oh it's gross. <laughs> oh, oh, I love this show. <laughs> I don't know why we're not rich yet. <laughs> All right. This is our third and final story for the week, and then I can let Derek loose. <laughs> this one comes to us from India, and this is an awesome story, too. 
So there's a, a family in India. They own a farm, and they're having trouble with monkeys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's it, you know it's so funny like you live in Indiana and you're like worried about raccoons getting in your trash. I'm like I'm pissed off at the groundhogs, right? <laughs> right. These guys got monkeys. And so what they did is they had a yellow lab, and they painted the yellow lab with black stripes to make it look like a tiger. Shut up. And it kept the monkeys away. Nice. <laughs> the farmer identified as Sir Canth Guada said he has been able to protect his coffee crop from monkeys by painting his pet dog Bubble with black stripes and Indian News Outlet reports. He said, I take Bubble to the fields twice a day in the morning and in the evening. I have seen them running away at the sight of the dogs. The monkeys now refrain from entering my plantations. <laughs> monkeying around in my plantations. <laughs> right. I love the, the just nicest the, tiger ever. Though. Right. You know, <laughs> who's, your, who's your good boy? I've seen that tiger drink from a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Chewing up shoes. <laughs> um, Gouda, who grows coffee in the state of Karnataka. I'm going to let you guys start reading some of these city names. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, he turned to the dog after failing to scare off monkeys with stuffed tiger toys. But in the long run, the color of the toy used to fade, and the monkeys would return to damaging the crops. The bubble stripes were painted on using hair dye, and I reported. The news outlet quoted Gada's daughter as saying that other villages now are copying her father and painting their dogs to look like tigers. Nice. There's these little tiger pups running around right. all over town. <laughs> <laughs> and they give good kisses. Just love it. Right. Who's your sweetie? Who's your big, Who's your big, m- big tiger baby. sweetie? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. So those are our news stories for Great. this week. Derek, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Oh, I have, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it's been a you. Pleasure. No, we love you, brother. Did you like the, the news stories? Oh, absolutely. But did you like the history story? I love the history story. Isn't that a cool story? Yeah, absolutely. And we try to really document it and make it, you know, for you, the guest. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm a diehard Colts fan. So yeah, even though we're sucking it up this year. Well, you know what? You honestly the Colts had a chance up until the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. They did. Once Brissett hurt his knee, it's it's been over since then. So. I, I think a lot of people would say they had a much better year than they expected losing luck right yeah. before the season that started. That hurt us. Well, yeah. Absolutely hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes you're just out of luck. <laughs> God. Literally Sorry. and physically. This physically. mom <laughs> brought to you by. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Derek. Thank you so it. much, Gibbler. Oh, sheet out of luck. Yes. Oh, jeez. We're going to wrap this one up. Yeah, that's right. Let's make sure we thank our sponsors one last time the Sheridan Pub, the Cordial Cork, and Scratty Pyrotechnics. And Gibbler, I think we'll talk to them all next week. After two beers. <laughs> <laughs>